welcome back to the Recovery Daily Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Miller. I'm a grateful recovering alcoholic and stroke survivor. And today is, you guessed it, Plank Challenge Day 10. And if you're doing the three-minute track, I've got you at 55 seconds. And if you're doing the five-minute track, you'll need to hold your plank for 60 seconds today. So good luck. And today's episode, we're focusing on making life enjoyable with post-stroke vision impairment and chronic daily migraines. So this can apply to anyone. <laughs> if I'm being honest, I I feel like like the more that I was um, thinking through some of the stuff that I wanted to talk about, I'm like, you know, this really applies to anybody. You don't have to have vision impairment or chronic daily migraines to benefit from some of these ideas. Um, some of them are just cool, I think, to explore. Um, or if you deal with any kind of chronic pain. So my condition in particular can bring about dizziness. I hate calling it dizziness because it's a little different than dizziness that like, you know, if you didn't, if you didn't eat enough and you don't have enough sugar in your body, like back when I was having uh, more of like weight problems and I wasn't eating, I experienced dizziness. This is different than that. Um, this almost feels like the world, like the room is about to spin, but it never actually does. It's kind of strange. Um, brain fog is to me also a little different because I've experienced, I do experience brain fog. Um, and that is very much correlated to when my speech and language issues come about. Um, but it's all, it all seems very related to each other. Anyway, um, I have been challenged this whole time to try to explain, you know, what it is that I'm experiencing, but I keep trying. Um, and then of course my daily migraines that I've got, and, um, this all has a significant impact on my daily life, but, there are ways for me to manage these cyst, these symptoms and still find um, enjoyment in my life. And I want to talk about some of those things because the more that I talk about it and um, express it out loud, the more that I do it, you know, um, so that's, that's really what the episode is about, you know, a little self-talk in the microphone and whatever anybody else can pick up from it, then that's great. So I'm going to talk about some long-term techniques and activities that can help someone thrive, even with a chronic disability and pain. But first, I want to talk about the Super Bowl. Now, I think the Super Bowl is still going on. Um, and I, <laughs> I, on any other year, I don't normally tear myself away from the Super Bowl. But 
I don't know. Um, at this point, I'm kind of just waiting to see who who wins. Um, anyway, my niece came over and her friend, and um, I was super excited. And so I don't face the TV. I face the opposite way. And I'm often... <clears throat> I'm looking at the people who are watching the TV and watching their expressions as they watch the TV and listening to what's going on. So um, my boyfriend, I've told you in the past, is really good about cluing me in on what the plays are and what's happening on the TV during football. Um, And then... So not much to say about that. It seemed like the first half was not terribly exciting, but um, but I was listening in and they clued me in on stuff that was happening, which was nice. So then halftime comes around and Ursher, you know, is is getting ready to perform. So we had decided early on in the game that I decided that my niece was going to perform uh, Usher's halftime show for me in the living room since I couldn't look at the TV. So she's like, yeah, I'll totally do it. This is the same niece and friend that took me shopping, the same one that comes to visit me like once a month and takes me to Joanne's Fabrics to help me get fabric for my um, quilt and all that stuff. And she listens every day to this podcast. So hi. <laughs> hi. Hi, niece. Um, so anyway, she's like totally agreed to do this to perform uh, Usher's uh, uh, dance while because that's my favorite part about Usher is him dancing. Um, so yeah, so the music starts, she's explaining to me what's going on on the screen. And her friend is also her friend is explaining the outfits that everybody has on while she's kind of like acting out what's happening on the TV. And my boyfriend's just sitting there like, I mean, just loving it, you know, because he probably is relieved that I'm I'm getting this this type of wonderful entertainment, you know, something that that is uplifting. And honestly, I was feeling a bit of self-pity during the first half of the game because, you know, I mean, I was. Um, but then, so she, so she did a great job. I had no idea that my niece could dance like that. And um, she just did an amazing job. And, and of course, everybody's like, this is chaotic. It's, it's crazy. Like, it's like circus delay. And, and there's, people all over the place you it's good thing you're not looking and all this stuff anyway um I was so happy I'm telling you it made my entire uh Super Bowl Sunday to have her stand in front of me um and act out what was on the screen while I listened it was so amazing and this is such a perfect example of if, if I'm creative and I have love and support and creative people around me, we find ways to make life enjoyable for me. And enjoyable in ways that if, if we're not um, 
limited, you know, in being able to use digi digital devices and stuff, we don't really explore these these kind of creative ways to enjoy ourselves. Um, so, it, you know, as much as I wish I could go on digital devices and I wish I could watch TV because I was talking to somebody um, earlier today, like my world just got a whole lot smaller um, not being able to use digital devices. And, but, but that's how life used to be <laughs> in the world. Everybody's world was a little bit smaller. Um, so it's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, anyway, I really enjoyed my Super Bowl performance by my niece. So thank you so much. I love you so much for doing something like that for me. And it really was the difference between me just having head pain um, or having head pain with nausea. And that nausea will really just, oh, it's terrible. It's terrible. So I'm going to say it was a win for me. Yes, my head hurts. Yes, I have brain fog. Um, Yes, I have this quote-unquote dizziness, but I feel a whole lot better than I would feel if I was looking at the TV. So physically, I feel better than I would have. Mentally and emotionally, I feel so much better having gotten to be entertained in a really fun, creative way. So it was a win for me. Um, during the game, I just closed my eyes. And I picture, like, I can hear the the announcer saying, you know, that, okay, it was a pass that got six yards. And I just envision it. You know, I just picture it in my head. So that's how I watch the game, quote, unquote. Um, okay, so first I want to talk about managing symptoms, what that looks like for me. And then next, I'm going to talk about some creative ways to enjoy life when um, without relying on your eyesight. So this will be interesting. And, and this is the part that I think other people that don't have vision issues um, might enjoy this section. So we'll start with some of the ways to manage symptoms and and just explain a little more um, what this kind of vision impairment is like for me um, in case there is somebody out there that this resonates with. Um, that was really one of the reasons why when I started the podcast, um, I was really adamant about finding somebody who was experiencing the same symptoms as me post-stroke. Um, I have not yet found somebody. I, I've had a couple people talk about some similar things, um, but I'm still seeking that. I'm still seeking where this community is that, uh, that has this kind of strange uh, head symptoms, head and eye symptoms that I have. Um, and we are going in the direction of of investigating if I have a vestibular disorder. Um, so anyway, here we go. Uh, so these are, I think I have, let's see how many I have. I have nine 
um, suggestions for how to manage symptoms like what I have. So number one is routine exercise. Um, what I do is I engage in really low impact exercise, like walking or gentle yoga. I don't really do, I know I've talked about it a lot on the podcast, but I have found that I really struggle to do too much yoga because that has a lot to do with balance and vision, believe it or not. Um, I have tried yoga with my eyes closed, but I just am, I'm really not feeling well enough to do a lot of exercise. So uh, movement increases this dizziness. Um, so there aren't a lot of things that I can do other than um, like things standing still or sitting still. So like weightlifting, pushups, that kind of stuff that I talk about. So uh, one of the one of the <laughs> one of the things that I realized lately is my prime companion for my outdoor activity is my English bulldog, Boris. So Boris, when I take him for a walk, quote unquote walk, all that means is we walk from light post to light post and he stops at each one and sniffs for several minutes. So it's like the perfect walk for me because I am not moving much. It's more like we're going outside and um, standing in different spots. <laughs> um, but it, but it's good. And um, I was thinking yesterday about going for a walk by myself. And uh, I didn't end up doing it. Uh, I think I ran out of time. I'm not quite sure why I didn't go out there and do it. I think I had taken a nap and the nap went longer than than I expected. But anyway, I was talking to my boyfriend about it and we had agreed that um, instead of going by myself, I should just take Boris because, I mean, he's not really walking a lot. He's kind of going, going about, you know, 10 yards, not even that, five yards. And then he stops at a light post <laughs> and we stand there and I'm like, yeah, that's actually pretty perfect. So I do stay close to home, so I really, uh, there was a while that I was going a couple blocks away, but I'm back to only going around my block um, until I just start feeling a little better. Um, so I, I like to stay close in case I feel that feeling of off balance. And like, like I said, off balance or dizzy for me is this feeling like the room is about to spin, but it doesn't. Um, it's like I want to get ready to hold on to something, but yet I don't need to. It's, it's kind of a strange feeling. So that's number one, um, some sort of low impact exercise. And number two is mindfulness and meditation. And these practices really help me a lot, a lot, a lot. I, you know, I blew off meditation when I first got sober um, because, I don't know, I had this preconceived notion about meditation and the people who meditate, and it was ignorant. 
um, the more that I tried it, the more I was getting it. But it really takes practice. Like you have to do it for an extended period of time on a regular, constant basis to start getting it, to start understanding why, what it does for you. So, um, and, and this is coming from someone who, when I first did these meditations in my uh, Friday meetings, uh, sobriety meetings, I, I was just sitting there with my eyes closed and I was just thinking about my work day, all the traffic that I heard beeping and stuff outside of the, outside of the facility that I was in. And, um, and I, I just didn't get it. You know, I wasn't resting. My brain wasn't resting. I didn't, I, I couldn't think about my breathing because it just felt like I couldn't breathe if I thought about my breathing. Like I was a mess. Um, but I just kept doing it. Every Friday I'd show up to this meditation meeting and I just kept doing it. The, the meeting was, um, they would turn out the lights for 10 minutes in the beginning of the meeting and it was quiet. We didn't even have like a guided meditation. It was just quiet. Um, and it was weird at first to sit in a quiet room in the dark with a bunch of strangers because I didn't know anybody. Um, but over time, it started to become comfortable. Um, I started to feel like it was okay for me to shut my eyes and nobody was going to jump me, you know, because I'm in what I'm in this room with a bunch of drunks, right? <laughs> How comfortable is that? But it did. It became um, like a, it felt like home a little bit on Fridays when I would go there. And the more I did it, I started just quieting down a little bit at a time every Friday. So today I do a lot of audio guided meditation using the Calm app. And this really seems to um, decrease that brain fog, uh, feeling like the room's about to spin feeling. Um, and it also reduces stress because maybe you, uh, may experience this too, but when I like lay down for my nap, which I'm fortunate enough to say I get to take a nap every afternoon, um, for my head, but there are times when I lay down to take the nap and I'm just thinking and thinking and thinking and thinking and thinking of all these things that I want to do. Um, and because my body can't move to go do the things, I can't solve that. Like I can't resolve that constant mind moving thing. So I open the Calm app and I listen to one of the, um, the Calm meditations. It's about 10 minutes. And by the end of the 10 minutes, all of that thinking, all of that movement inside my mind has stopped. And I can actually fall asleep. I don't fall asleep right away, but I do fall asleep a lot easier having done that. And it brings me back into the room. Um, I, I get more in touch with the fact that I am 
laying in the bed and I'm trying to take a nap, if that makes sense. Um, because when I first get in the bed and I'm laying there, my mind is not laying in the bed with me. It's out doing all the things that I want to be doing and I can't. So by doing the meditation, it brings my mind in uh, to be in the same place that my body is. Uh, number three, a balanced diet. So we, I think I've shared on here that my boyfriend and I moved over to vegan, eating, eating a plant-based diet. And my hope is that this will help my migraines. Um, it has not. <laughs> it has not helped anything. <laughs> um, it doesn't feel it. What it's helped is my digestive system. I can tell you that. Um, so eating a diet rich in anti-inflammatory foods, they say, can help manage migraine symptoms. So foods like quinoa, almonds, turmeric, lentils, olive oil, kale, all of this stuff that's in a vegan diet, um, it's, it's anti-inflammatory foods. So my hope was that it would help. I, I'm sure it's helping something um, because, I don't know, my 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 digestive system is a lot better. So that's something. <laughs> uh, my head doesn't feel any better. It, There really isn't. The only thing that has had any sort of impact on my head is the emgality injection. And even that is not, all that does is get rid of the really sharp pains that I have. But other than that, I still have this migraine um, that is persistent and constant. Um, so next is hydration. I am not great at hydration. Um, I do try to drink beverages all day, but it's not water. So I, I know that it's good to just drink beverages also because they also have water, you know, fluids have water in them, but, um, I honestly, I think some of the fluids that I'm drinking are working against me. Um, like my Coca-Cola, for example, I don't have a lot. I have one Coca-Cola a day. Sometimes I'll have two. Um, and I have it at night. Um, but I do like, I do like to have some lemonade and stuff that I shouldn't be drinking. So I'm not great at hydration. I've never been great at hydration. I have some, um, sometimes that I'll get really good at it for a while and then I'll drop off. So anyway, that's one of the things I'm aware of it and I try and that's the best thing I can do is just keep trying. Number five is a regular sleep schedule. So quality sleep, of course, is essential for managing migraines and this brain fog um, dizziness thing that I've got going on. So I do try to maintain a consistent sleep schedule, even on the weekends. So I get up at the same time every single day, even on weekends and holidays. And I go to bed pretty much at the same time every night. I'm trying to get in bed a little earlier. Um, today's not going to be a great day going to sleep early because 
I had guests over and then the Super Bowl and all that stuff. So I'm going to bed a little later than I would like to. But I am consistent with it. And I do have my afternoon naps too. So that's positive. And number six, adaptive devices. So I have been um, early on in stroke recovery exploring devices and and applications that assist me um, in using devices. So uh, audiobooks is a huge, huge thing for me. And then um, voice-activated assistants help me with a lot of stuff. Um, You know, I use the, you know, I call it the Bezos device. I use the Bezos device a lot um, to just search for things, you know. I'll just ask the Bezos device to do a quick search for me or read me the news or you know, if I have a question about something. So things that I think normally people would grab their phone and look at, I'll usually ask the Bezos device. And then voiceover. Um, I haven't been using voiceover a lot lately. And I'm thinking that I need to consistently get back on it because uh, my head's getting bad enough that um, it's just getting worse and not improving, which usually means I've got to make a big shift. Um, so uh, that's one. And then supportive groups. Uh, that's number seven, joining a support group. And I have been great at doing that. I have lots of different groups that I have information for, and they are scheduled all throughout the month. So I try to jump in on all these different um, stroke and sobriety support groups throughout the month. Number eight is creative outlets, and I'll talk a little bit more about this in a minute, but engaging in hobbies that don't rely heavily on vision, such as music, uh, storytelling, and different kinds of creative ways to express myself and reduce stress. So I'll talk about those in just a minute. And then finally, structured environment. I think one of the most important things for me right now is to know what to expect every day, to know what comes next. You know, like, I get up in the morning, I let my dogs out, I feed my dogs, I um, do my 7 a.m. meeting, I work on my podcast script, and then uh, the dogs and I go out again, and then either I'll bake something, sew something, you know, and that's my world-famous schedule that I have on my whiteboard in my room. So this structured environment, I'm getting back into it and it feels good. So I'm glad that I, that I worked with my psychiatrist to realize that my world famous schedule got erased and I never went back to it. So I'm glad that I'm getting back to it now. Um, I try to make sure that I minimize exposure to movement throughout the day. So that's part of my world famous schedule is to make sure that if I am going to be exposed to movement, then that's the only movement I'm exposed to for the day. So either tomorrow or the next day, um, 
I am considering walking over to get my nails done and um, I've been thinking about it for a week and I just haven't felt well enough to do it. So if I do do that, it means that I that's the only thing I can do that day. And the rest of the day I need to literally lay down. So we'll see. It's a lot for me to like lay down all day. But um, how much do I want to get my nails done? I don't know. You know, give and take. So that's what we got. So those are some of the ways that I regularly try to manage my symptoms. Um, some of them I'm great at. Some of them I'm not so great at. And I pay the price for it. So the more that I can talk about it, um, through this channel or any of the other, you know, multimedia ways that I'm trying to reach out to, um, social media and, uh, just reach out to an audience and share about it, the more that I can make it come to fruition and really make that happen in my, um, in my daily life. So, now we're going to switch gears and I want to share some um, things that I can enjoy without relying on my eyesight. And so this is the thing that I think is pretty cool. Um, so there's this new, I don't know if it's new, maybe it's not, um, the sensory activities. So one way to manage stress, they say, is to engage in sensory activities. And the first time I had heard of this, um, it was with respect to a garden. And they have these things called sensory gardens. And it allows you to, um, it, it's supposed to expose you to all of the different senses. So you build a garden. This, you know, I'm no expert on it, but this is what I've learned about it, is um, you build a garden that allows you to engage with nature through touch, smell, you know, taste even, because you could have like vegetable, fruit, garden, um, so all of your senses, and it's supposed to be a big stress reliever. And if I reduce stress, then I reduce um, pain, typically. That's what they say. <laughs> um, so this sensory activities idea is what I was thinking about here, is what are all the ways that what I've been thinking about is like not participating in activities that expose my eyes to movement. What I have not been thinking about is rather than thinking about what, what can I do to not expose my eyes to movement, instead thinking about what can I do to expose myself to uh, other things that, I don't even know how to say it. What can I do to expose myself to using my other senses, you know, more? 
So that's what this list is about. They're sensory activities. Um, instead of what can I not do or what, what can I do that's not going to hurt me? Instead, turn it to a positive. What can I do that's going to be even more enjoyable to my other senses? There you go. So uh, number one, here we go. Listening to music or podcasts. So um, I have been getting back into listening to music. Um, I've touched on it slightly. I don't know if I talked about it in detail about the fact that I stopped listening to music for a couple years. This was a mental health issue. Um, it was causing me to cry due to some loss that I experienced a couple years ago. And I, um, I, I could not listen to music without crying, like crying, crying, like ugly crying. So I just stopped. I stopped listening to music. The only thing that I could listen to was Three Doors Down <laughs> because it reminds me of my boyfriend. So that was the only one that I could listen to that didn't make me cry. And I love Three Doors Down. Um, but I went out and went running. I don't want to go too far into the story because I think I've already talked about it before. I went out and went running a while back and uh, before my eyes got really bad. And I listened to music and I ran and I cried my eyes out. And ever since then, I've been able to listen to music. So I had to squeeze it all out of me and now I can listen to music. So I not only listen to music, but now I'm dancing around the house with my dog. So it's a beautiful thing. Um, listening to music is once again becoming an experience that I can immerse myself in and the dogs love it. <laughs> they love it when I start dancing. It's kind of hilarious. Um exploring new podcasts. I haven't done a lot of exploring podcasts. And the reason why is because I listen to so many audiobooks. And then my daughter also made me a podcast of her. Um, that's just for me. It's not, um, it's not public. So nobody else can listen to it. So I have a lot to listen to right now. But um, I'm sure if there is a time when I'm not listening to a lot of audio books, I will explore some podcasts. During Halloween time, I was listening to some scary podcasts and they were scary. Uh, next, number two, audio. Oh, audiobook. So first was listen to music or podcast. Second's audiobook. So still talking about, um, you know, using my ears a little more. A lot of what I've been doing over the past seven months has been audio. Lots and lots of audio. And number three, this starts getting into like the touch thing the touch and the smell senses. So gardens, like I talked about sensory garden. Of course, when it's cold outside, I, I don't really do a lot of gardening. I will go out there every now and then and just clean up. And it, I don't know, there's, there's something that, that goes with that, like the sense of um, accomplishment when I'm cleaning up the leaves and just kind of cutting things back and getting them ready, you know, getting ready for the spring to come. 
Um, and I like that feeling. So I will do a little bit of gardening in the winter time. And uh, next is cooking and baking. So this is something that I, I know my boyfriend had mentioned I should try baking. And I was like, no, no, no. And then my sister said I should try baking. And I was like, no, 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 no. And then I tried baking. <laughs> and I loved it. So baking, I, what I found, I discovered why it's such a good hobby. I started to understand the more that I did it, that textile thing, you know, like that the, the dough, um, different doughs feel differently. And the more that I bake, the more that I can tell whether a dough is ready or not, or if it's good or not. I have not yet figured that out terribly well with cupcakes. <laughs> I made some cupcakes yesterday and they like imploded. I don't know. I don't know what I did. I'm not quite sure, but... Um, so cooking and baking that will, um, you know, get your, get your sniffer woken up and the different textures of the ingredients and all that stuff has been really nice. I've been enjoying that. Um, number five, guided meditation. So that was a part of what can be, um, good for my migraines. And this is also um, way that uh, ways that I can, you know, live a more enjoyable life. So it's in both lists. Apologize for that, but it is what it is. Um, number six is socializing and socializing through audio calls. People don't do that a lot anymore. You're either texting or you're FaceTiming. There's not a lot of audio calls. It seems like, I don't know, maybe it's just the people I'm around. Um, but I have been, I actually, on my world famous schedule that I put back up on my whiteboard, I drew a little line before my nap and after lunch to, it says, call someone. Um, because I recognize the importance of me making sure that I reach out to one person each day. So I'm not just putting all of my socializing on my boyfriend every day. Um, I need to be exposed to other people. And, um, and he needs break, probably. So, um, so socializing through audio calls. Number seven, playing musical instruments. And this is something that I have been dipping and dabbling in ever so slightly, but I haven't totally gone all out and spent some time practicing, but learning how to play an instrument. So I used to know how to play the organ to an extent, like as a kid. And um, I bought a violin, like, I don't even know, 15 years ago or something like that. I guess more than that, almost 20 years ago now. And I have not touched the violin. I always wanted to have a violin and learn how to play the violin. So I bought the violin, but I never actually learned how to play it. I was drinking at the time. So I still have it. And that's an option as well. And um, that gets that hearing back in, you know. But it's also 
the uh, your touch, you know, touching the keys on the keyboard or touching the the strings or the bow on the violin. Um, that's all important too, and that that whole full experience using multiple sense senses is is really um, healthy. And number eight, physical fitness. So again, participating in different kinds of tactile uh, fitness activities like swimming. Um, I can't do a lot of these types of movement type things. Um, but I remember what it reminded me of when I was thinking about this earlier was when I first got sober, I was very out of shape. I didn't do a lot of moving at all because I was drinking all the time. Um, and when I stopped drinking and I had this friend who agreed with me that we were going to go running. Um, and I've talked about this before. But after... I don't know, several months of being consistent and going out and trying to increase the length of time that, that I could run, um, I started to have this feeling like, wow, this body of mine is capable. It's strong. It can be stronger than I thought it could be. I, I never... I don't know. I had been drinking for so long, so much, that I think I had forgotten even what my body was able to do. And um, so when I started doing this running, and from that I started sweating. And, and this might sound either gross or whatever, but I forgot what it felt like to sweat. Um, because I was so freaking dehydrated that I didn't sweat. And um, all of these, the more I engaged and the more that I moved my body, the more I wanted to move my body. So I, I you know, I, I, I need to remember that. I guess that's my point. I need to remember that the, the less I move the, my body, the less I want to. The more I move my body, the more I want to. Um, but in the beginning, it's kind of hard. You know, you have to do it, turn off your wanter and do it. Number nine is multimedia storytelling. And this is something that I'm trying to do now, you know, uh, post-stroke. And that is any way that I can share my story, whether it's through the podcast, whether it's through publications, blogs, uh, sobriety meetings, stroke recovery meetings, any way that I can share my story, uh, that's what I'm trying to do. And I feel really passionate about that because I'm trying to help other people so that I can focus less on me and my, I don't know, lack of progress or change and, and start refocusing on others and how I can help others. Um, and then the last one I've got here is scented candle making. So this same friend of mine 
who uh, we were running together, she took me to a candle making class this past summer. And I loved it. It was really, really easy. Like you just go in there and they give you a jar (laughs) and a wick and some melted wax and some scent. And it was like you could make the candle in five minutes. But it was still fun. It was an activity for my friend and I. Um, I think most people go in there and drink wine and make the candles. But of course, I didn't do that. So I made my candle and I was like, all right, I'm done. (laughs) Um, But it was fun. It was so it was so uh, easy, I guess, and enjoyable. And you have like immediate gratification because you've got this candle um, that I bought some wicks myself and I'm um, starting to make my own candles. So that's kind of cool. And lots of different kind of uh, textile and using your sniffer and, and all that good stuff. So, um, really, so that's what I had today. Um, living with this, uh, vision impairment and these migraines presents unique challenges to say the least for me, but I, if I keep focusing on managing my symptoms and then finding enjoyment in these kinds of sensory activities, I think that I can continue to increase um, the fulfillment I have in my life. And, th- and that's, that's what I'm trying to do here is I'm trying to get myself through this little funk that I've been in. Um, I, I don't know if that's discrediting it a little bit by saying it's a funk. But um, I've been feeling a little discouraged and lost, I guess. And, um, and the more that I can talk about that and be encouraging to myself, the better, the more I can take my own advice. Um, but it also just means everything in the world to me when I have others to enjoy these activities with. You know, I spend a lot of time by myself. And that's why it's important for me to do this podcast. It's important for me to go to my sobriety meetings. Um, But I think doing these sensory activities with others is also um, where the healing is as well. So um, that was a long one today, but, um, but that's okay, because what can we do here? Anything we want, right? So thank you for joining me today on the Recovery Daily Podcast. I will talk to you tomorrow.